0: Hello again ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to take you on a little stroll through the Fallout universe again with my fanfiction Radiance. I do hope you've been enjoying this little trek so far, we've seen the emotional roller coaster of Visa and Seven and their little gang. And I do hope that you'll like, subscribe and leave me feedback wherever you can, either via fanfiction.net or archiveofourown.org. Just remember, if you are putting a review on either of these sites for the podcast, please just leave the word podcast in the title so that I know exactly what you're talking about because the written variant comes out a couple of weeks after the uh, podcast edition. So i just like to know which one you're addressing so that I know which chapter you're speaking about. So, with that all out of the way, welcome to Radiance. Oh, and the usual disclaimer, I don't own Fallout. That's all to do with Bethesda. I guess in their words, it just works. Just like the Deathclaw girl under my bed. Shit, shouldn't have said that. Um. Anyway, on with the show. Chapter 11. Acceptance. When Seven and Visa finally re-emerged from the pool cave, they found everyone grinning at them as they entered the main cave. Well, except for Wisp, but Seven could actually feel her grin through her expressionless metallic face. "'Crap, you know, don't you?' he said, and Ven's grin reached critical mass, to the point where it looked like his lips were going to retract over his skull and peel the skin and scales off his head like a fucking banana. "'Kinda hard not to, with the noises you were making my beloved sister make. "'But hey, let me be the first to congratulate him for being brave enough to take that step. "'Not everyone can love a f- claw, especially a crazy tail like my sister. "'I'm proud of you. You really stepped up, and it's obvious you make her happy.' So you got my blessing, but just a warning here, if you ever break her heart, you won't have to worry about her, because there will be basically no place on this earth you'll be able to hide from me, Ven said, the smile never leaving his face, despite the chilling words. Visa went from outraged at being called a crazy tale again, to surprised, to happy, at her brother's words. So none of you were weirded out by this, she asked, and all of them, even Gregory, shook their heads. In fact, it was the timid young human that answered her. Life's too short and harsh enough as it is. If you make each other happy, then that's good enough for me. You're both good people. I've already seen that in a very short space of time that I've known you, you stepped up and saved me, protected me, and even let me come with you, despite my presence being nothing but a hassle for you. So to me, that speaks volumes. Both you and Ven have already shown me that not all claws are vicious animals. But people, just like me. So why shouldn't you have the same feelings as me? If seven makes you happy, and you make seven happy, then who in this world has the right to tell you it's wrong? Because the way I see it, love is never wrong. At the end of the day, it's about the only good thing we have left, and it comes in all shapes and sizes, Gregory said, surprising them all. Then put his long arm around the slender human's shoulder, and gently and playfully shook him. Well said this man. See this, sister? Looks like that human of yours is a good human, Magnet. In all our lives we've never met good humans before. Now we've met two, er, uh, three, in the space of days. Ven said, catching, wisp, shooting him a glance midway through that sentence. Visa nodded her large head, and then taking a deep breath, wrapped her long arms around seven in a very tight bear like hug. This here is my human. He is mine. He belongs to me. I claim him as my mate for life. And I will never let anyone hurt or touch him ever again. I will guard him and love him to the end of my days. I will be his alpha and death will follow on swift claws to anyone who would hurt or steal my mail from me. This I swear before all of you. Visa said and Ven looked amazed. Wow kid, the oath of the alpha claw. That's a lot to live up to right there. You must have really touched her heart in all the right ways if she's willing to make that pledge. Well then, all you have to do now is accept it and you've got yourself a claw for life, Ven said looking between them both in amazement. Seven's heart went into overdrive as he turned in Visa's arms and looked up at the expectant and hopeful female claw. But as his eyes met hers, he knew he'd already accepted despite the words not having left his lips yet. I accept, Visa. I'm yours and no one else's, he said, and Visa let out a squeal that was rather unclaw-like as she hoisted him off his feet and smashed her lips to his. See, what did I tell you? Claw love is the best love. You find the right big, strong, handsome claw boy to love you, and you'll never have to fear ever again, Ven said, shaking Gregory's shoulder as he watched the happy couple basically sucking each other's faces off. Yeah, I think you're right there, Ven. Love is love, no matter what shape it takes, Gregory said in a kind of dreamy, thoughtful voice. It was literally only then that Ven noticed he was absentmindedly coiled his tail around Gregory's hips. Gregory was absentmindedly stroking the tip of it, like he was petting a cat or something. Ven smiled to himself. Could two miracles really be possible in the same group? He really hoped so. As Visa and Seven sat down to eat, Visa insisted on Seven sitting in her lap, which made him look rather kind of small, but it was obvious to anyone he was obviously embarrassed by it as well. But still, he did it because he knew that it would make Visa happy. He perched himself on her large thighs and she pulled him back against her belly with one large hand before settling in to eat a bowl of stew that Wisp and Ven had made for them both. To his utter surprise, Visa looked so very proud with him sat there. Given how genuinely happy for them everyone seemed to be, he rather swiftly relaxed and calmed down, and he just ate his stew, enjoying the comfort of his living scaly seat. Whisper sat down next to them, as Gregory and Ven were on the other bed, and were deep in conversation. Gregory was telling Ven all about his life before and during his enslavement, and the big claw seemed utterly enthralled by the slender human male. Seven was beginning to suspect that his interest may be a little deeper and that he just found him interesting. Thank you for the food, Wisp. It's delicious, Visa said as she happily finished her second bowl. She really did have rather a healthy appetite, this girl of his. But then, given her size, Seven wasn't all that surprised. He just hoped that as her male now, he wasn't expected to go out and hunt for her all the time, otherwise that'd be quite a mission. Thanks then helped quite a lot. For some reason I rather like cooking, despite you know, not being able to eat or taste anything myself. But he lets me know when I got things just right, Whisper replied, and Visa nodded in agreement. My brother always did have an eye for a choice cut of meat when he saw it, she replied. You know, I really am glad that you two got together. You both deserve to be happy, you know. Plus in a kind of selfish way, you kind of give me hope too. Wisp said, and both Seven and Visa cocked their heads at her sense in some kind of vulnerability shining through her metal exterior. Well, you know, no offence here, but you two don't exactly look like you should become lovers, you know, big claw, little human. But then you did. You found a part of yourselves that simply said, fuck it, maybe we're not so different after all. And you took a leap of faith, and look where it got you. A happiness you never knew could be. Makes me think that maybe it could happen to me as well. If you two are so different, then why not me? Maybe somewhere out there is my prince just waiting for his metal princess with a kick-ass head cannon to rock up and utterly rock his world. Wisp said, trying to disguise her pain under her humour. But Seven saw it plain as day. He reached out and placed a hand on Wisp's metal shoulder. I got no doubt he's out there, Wisp. If anyone deserves a prince, it's you. You're a good... Kind, gentle person. You're also being tough as nails. And you have a head- kick-ass head cannon that turns ghouls into ash. So what's not to love? He said and whispered laughed out loud. Yeah, thanks Seven. That means a lot. Just hope that he's like you and can keep an open mind. These assaultron bodies don't exactly come with the right kind of attachments for a sexy time, you know. More like turn certain parts of your anatomy either in inside out or into dust time. She said blamefully and Seven laughed. "'Yeah, don't do that. Us open-minded guys tend to draw the line "'at having our junk burned off or turned inside out,' he said, "'and Visa growled above him. "'No one touches my male's junk but me. "'It is for my eyes, my hands and my body only. "'I am the only female that gets to enjoy it,' she said proudly, "'and Wisp laughed again. "'Easy, big girl, not making a play for you, human. "'Trust me, I can see that Seven is well and truly taken.' especially from the noises you were both making earlier. For a moment I thought you'd taken up opera singing and Seven was trying to teach it to you. Wisp said and Seven flushed bright red. These also flushed, but unlike him, she doubled down. I am not ashamed of the mind-blowing pleasure my human made me feel. He honoured me and gave me a joy I never knew existed. And I am proud to express my love for him. She said, not realising she'd just set Wisp right up. "'And boy, did you express it, girl. "'Not just vocally, either. "'From those slaps I kept hearing, "'I thought you were going to have to loan seven and my titanium pelvis, for sure,' she said, and Visa growled. "'I will admit, I may have gone somewhat overboard, "'but I make no apologies for it. "'As such was the depth of my enjoyment my mail gave me, "'and I heard no complaints from him,' she said, looking down at him, "'and he simply reached up and stroked her horns. "'And you never will,' he said.' Seven, Slayer of Claw Hearts and Loins. Kind of has a nice ring to it. Now see if you can find me Alan, the blind and handsome robo-lover extraordinaire, Wes said, and Seven laughed. Why Alan? he asked, and West just shrugged. Dunno, first came the n- name that came to mind, and I kind of like it. Though I'd honestly settle for Philroy if he could m- answer to love me the way you love her, he said, and Visa growled proudly. Don't worry, Wisp, I'm sure there's someone out there for you. Just keep a cut, an open eye and more of an open mind. Not to mention heart, Visa said, squeezing Seven happily. I'll do my best. I just hope whoever i found isn't powered by Apple, otherwise it'll be a pretty dull relationship. Every time I try to do naughty fun things with him, he'd just shut down and pretend I don't exist before locking me out, Wisp said, laughing at her own joke. What the hell is Apple? Seven asked and Wisp just waved her hand dismissively. Never mind, just android humour. You'd have to be an android like me to understand it, I guess, she said. And got up and headed over to the other side of the cave and sat down before going into maintenance mode, leaving them alone. Visa seemed to sense Seven's concern for his friend and she tightened her hold on him. Do not worry, my mate. She will find someone worthy of her. She is a good female, despite her worries. Plus, with her abilities, maybe she could find a better body than the one she currently possesses. One that would make her life easier, she said, and that set Seven's mind ablaze. She was right. Upgrades were the key. Sometimes your genius is frightening, you know that, my little lover-claw? He said, reaching up and kissing her horn, making her quiver. I'm glad you noticed. Visa purred proudly before tightening her grip on him. They had finished their food now and it was obvious she intended to lay with him tonight. So letting himself relax in her arms Seven gave no resistance as Visa lay herself down and pretty much coiled herself completely around Seven encasing him in scales and claws as she held him tightly to her chest. It was like beca- encased in a warm scaly blanket with a heartbeat for a lullaby. He honestly had never felt so loved in his life. The next day Seven woke slowly with a yawn As he stretched himself, he felt a slight tickle along his stomach. Opening his eyes, he looked down his body and realised that Visa's very long fingers had wormed their way into his clothes overnight. One hand was over his belly and chest, and the other had slipped into his pants and underwear, and were very gently cupping his entire manhood. He felt something warm and very agile slide over his neck and ear, tickling it inside as it passed, making him shiver as his confused sleepy mind realised it was a long tongue. I love the way you taste, my delicious little human, not to mention feel, she whispered right into his ear before she very gently nibbled on his earlobe with her long fangs, short-circuiting his brain. Suddenly Seven noticed something swishing and wiggling right in front of him and decided some payback was in order for his playful claw, and he shot his hand out, and snatched all of her tail before popping the tip right into his mouth. That was Visa's brain that short-circuited. You're not the only one who likes a good taste, my sexy alpha, he said, making her purr a little louder than she meant to. It was obvious she loved it when he called her that. He believed he'd just found her new pet name for her. He felt all of her muscles tensing, like she was preparing to spin him over and have her way with him right there and then a sudden short snort murmur froze them both in place and slowly they both moved their heads and the eased to locate the source. Visa's tail tip remained in Seven's mouth the entire time. To their left they both saw Ven and laid in front of him with two very large hands encircling him was Gregory. The young human seemed to have fallen asleep on the big male claw and by the look of it Ven had no problem getting a human cuddle of his own as Gregory seemed to be clinging to Ven's chest like his life depended on it. Seven actually felt himself smiling, even through a mouthful of Visa's tail tip. It looked like their new human friend was into men, and by the look of the way he was holding him, Seven got the feeling that Ven was hiding a human fetish and maybe a secret love of his own. Without even realising it, Seven had begun nibbling and sucking on Visa's tail tip, and a soft growl in his ear reminded him, and she leaned down close to his ear, nibbling it again. You keep doing that, my beautiful human. I won't be held responsible for my actions, she said soft enough for only him to hear. He felt a very gentle but also very possessive squeeze to his manhood, which had swollen with blood and was fitted very nicely into her large hand. A long tongue coiled around his throat and ran along his jaw before moving to force its way into his mouth, filling it to the brim. As it coiled around his own, she also rotated his body around, so her own, so she was now atop him, using her knees and elbows spread far enough apart to pin him below her, without either distressing him or hurting him in any way. Suddenly, Seven felt Visa's hand, gently easing his trousers down. "Please be quiet, my male," I cannot resist you," Visa breathed after she pulled her slung- long tongue from his mouth. Seven panted and nodded softly. Visa eased him down her long body and gently aligned him her with herself. Then, with a slow and precise movement, he felt her rubbing his tip along the already exposed and dripping slit. Then, with a slow, measured movement, she inserted him fully inside her and Seven was engulfed in her heavenly feminine flesh. Seven gripped Visa's large hips as she pushed down, forcing every single inch of him inside her. Above him, he watched her quickly stuff her makeshift pillow into her mouth so she didn't make any noise. Other than the very soft, gentle, wet slap sounds of their flesh meshing together and some muffled moans, their lovemaking was utterly silent. Visa was every bit as passionate as she was the night before. Seven could feel it in the power of her hip movements though it was obvious she was holding back because she knew she would injure him if she went full steam. But he could feel her pleasure rippling through her. Yetly loved the way her body seemed to overflow the pleasure pleasure pressure into her scales, which seemed to make them lift and vibrate like she was a bird fluffing up and arranging her feathers. These scales seemed to ruffle under his grip all along her huge body. Above him he could hear the soft muffled moan she was making into the makeshift pillow she had stuffed into her mouth and from where he was beneath her he couldn't really see her as her chest swells were in the way. A difference in height really kind of showed like this but it also made him feel utterly amazing because here he was pinned beneath this truly powerful strong force of nature of a woman powerless against her will and strength and all she wanted to do was make love to him. To have her wicked way with him, right here on the cave floor, with her friends and her brother, only feet from them. The thrill of the fact that any second one could simply look up and see them locked in the most intimate, compromising position, ran through him like electricity. Now Seven wasn't by any means an exhibitionist, but he couldn't deny the thrill or the excitement it hit him. Plus with the fact that Visa was a claw and not a human made it even stronger. It also seemed to be affecting Visa in exactly the same way. He could feel her excitement in every movement, the way her insides gripped, twisted and squirmed all around him, pulling on him so tightly and refusing to let go of his flesh as it quested to draw him as deeply as it could inside her. It was like having a mixture of hot liquid silk and liquid latex wrapped around your flesh, like it being inside a vice made of flesh and muscle. It was also obvious that Visa couldn't get enough. The sensations were driving her crazy. All that primal energy, lust, desire, and just simply power were running through her like water. To Seven it felt like she wanted waited her whole life just to find him, and now the pure possessiveness was shining like a sun inside her. Like part of her was just so excited it didn't know what to do with itself, like she was trying to meld her his entire body into hers. And make them into one pure being, made of human male and female claw, her perfect ideal. Under such intensity, neither of them lasted long. It was way too much for either both of them to handle. With one final, powerful push downwards, which sealed the entirety of Seven's length inside Visa's inside clamped down on him hard, and Seven felt all the powerful muscles' rings inside to begin to vibrate, and pump like she was a living milking machine. He also felt a torrent of liquid heat flowing around his manhood as an explosion of her nectar flowed around him, bathing his flesh in heat. Visa bit down on her pillow so hard that she bit right through it in order to stop herself letting out an ear-shattering roar that would have scared the living out hell out of God himself. Seven, on the other hand, jammed one of her exposed nipples into his mouth to prevent him from doing the same thing, which only think made things worse for Visa because it added yet another layer of unexpected pleasure to the explosion going off inside her, which combined with the pressure of Seven shooting his red-hot seed into her was just too much. The big bad claw girl me passed out from the pleasure overload. It was a good thing that Visa had managed to lock her legs and elbows into such a position that they wouldn't give out even if her muscles did, because she simply sagged onto Seven. He felt the moment she lost her control and it was like the whole body just turned into scaly jelly above him, like she was made of putty under his touch. He ran his hands over her hips, down onto her ample rear, giving it a loving squeeze before running them up over her solid broad back. Visa just hung there panting like she'd run a marathon above him before finally he saw the moment that her brain seemed to suddenly remember who and what she was and she lifted her head up from the utterly ruined pillow she'd pressed it into. She looked down at him under her breast, and he smiled up at her. Enjoy that, big girl? he whispered in a somewhat raspy voice, still panting hard. I... I... I simply don't have the words to begin to explain how that felt for me, Seven. I just can't even begin to explain what you do to me, what you make me become. I've never felt or behaved like this around anyone before. It's like something primal inside me takes control and it will not let go until you are so far into me that I cannot tell where I end and you begin. I didn't just want you. I mean, yes, I wanted you, of course, but it was so much more than that. I needed you, like I need to breathe, like I need to eat, like I need to sleep. You complete me in a way that I cannot even begin to explain. Your body, your taste, your scent, everything. It's like I utterly covet all that you are, she said in a breathless, confused-sounding, pleasure-soaked voice. "'If it makes you feel any better, Visa, I feel the same way you do. Something that "'You do something to me I don't understand. "'Every fibre of my primal brain goes haywire when you pounce on me like this. It makes me feel like I'm prey, like you're a predator, but not in a bad way. "'It triggers all sorts of instincts and responses I'd never have expected or predicted. "'It's like I surrender when my whole body wants to fight. "'Like I give my whole self to you because I trust you so completely.' "'I can't even begin to explain it. "'It's like you've rewired my brain,' he said, and Visa smiled warmly. "'She moved slowly off him, but she never let go of him, "'simply pulling him into her as she moved onto her side "'and quickly adjusting his clothing for him "'so that no one would see what they'd been up to. "'Well, I must say, you're the tastiest prey I've ever hunted,' "'she said playfully as she stroked his back and face with her long fingers.' and this is the happiest I've ever been to be hunted, he said, and with that they both looked at each other and broke into a fit of whispered giggles before clinging to one another. Neither of them could explain or how or why this had happened, but for them, all that had mattered was that they just worked. Eventually, the others woke up, and they began packing and getting ready to move. Ven was the last to wake up, and as the big male claw sat up and stretched himself, he stopped and sniffed the air. "'Is it me, or does it smell like hot, claw, human, interspecies sex in here?' he said, grinning evilly at his sister, who glared at him, but still flushed, and then at seven, who blushed, but kept his composure. "'Jealous?' he asked, and now it was Ben's turn to look bashful. "'You bet your tail,' he said, subconsciously shooting a glance at the utterly oblivious Gregory, who was packing up his backpack ready to leave." Don't have a tail, but fortunately my girl's got a tail big enough and strong enough for both of us, Seven said playfully as he ran his hand over Visa's tail. Visa growled softly. Keep that up and the flattery, my pretty human, and I won't be held responsible for the consequences, she purred softly. Seven simply grinned at her, before turning and twisting the handle on the back of his power armour suit. Once inside and it was powered up, he turned to face her. Can't get me in here! He said and Visa stepped forward so fast he barely saw her move. She slammed her clawed hands down on the wall either side of his head. Oh, can't I, tin man? You know, you remind me one of those human tin foods like this. Metal on the outside, something very succulent and tasty on the inside. All I need to do is open the tin and get the tasty treat within. Visa growled deeply, making Seven actually swallow hard he saw her bright green eyes narrow in the light of his headlamp. "'Okay, enough flirting, guys. We have to move now. "'Visa, you can peel Seven out of his tin and scurry off with him later. "'But for now, we got to move on. "'The Enclave will have most likely killed the Legion guys by now "'and undoubtedly is now back to scouring the area.' "'Wesp said, pushing in between them and earning a sour look from Visa. "'She really didn't like to be thrown off her hunt.' Seven could actually feel a little relieved at this point. Boy, these hunting instincts of hers were really something else. Don't underestimate the Legion. They might look like a bag of ragtag bunch of idiots playing dress-up, but their elite hunters are no joke. They're highly trained and absolutely fanatically loyal to Caesar. Your enclave may have an advantage in firepower and tech, but the Legion will fight to the last man, and trust me, they got a lot of men. Gregory said suddenly. "'All the more reason for us to shift our arses into high gear, "'so let's move,' Wes said, "'and with that she pulled back on the blocking barricade "'and the group headed out. "'As they exited the cave back onto the mountain pass, "'they heard the unmistakable noise of vertebrates below them. "'Plus the glow of flames in the far distance "'did not bode well for the fate of the legionnaires "'that encountered the enclaves. "'Looks like the fight's over,' I don't hear any gunshots, but I can smell a gunpowder all the way up here, Ven said, watching the vertifird far below him in the dark. The moonlight and the small blinking lights on the craft gave it away, not to mention the huge searchlight that appeared to be shining all around the area. Well, let's not dawdle here, people. We need to stay ahead of them, Wisp said. Suddenly Seven heard a voice, but it didn't sound like it was anywhere close by. I see you it said softly and Seven spun all around himself he'd already turned his headlamp off so he wouldn't give him away what? Well, who said that? he asked and the group all looked at him confused huh? nobody spoke Seven? whispered said in confusion there you are the voice said and Seven spun again I heard it again someone speaking clear as day but it sounds strange like they're far away or something he said, and now the group started to look worried. They all looked around themselves. You must be hearing since, Seven. No one else heard it. My senses aren't picking anything up, wisp said. Nor do I smell anything, my male, Visa said, placing a large hand on his metal back. Seven shrugged. Maybe they were right. Maybe the feeling of the enclave hunting them was making him overly jumpy. But he couldn't just feel, a f- shake the feeling of being watched. With that little episode over, the group formed up and began their trek. They moved slowly and cautiously as they were moving out over the loose ground at night with no lights to escape detection was never smart, but the only choice they had. Fortunately, both claws could see in the dark, so Ven led the way and Visa brought up the rear, making sure no one got separated or got wandered off. Though Seven just got the feeling she was just using it as an excuse to watch him walk for a change. Though encased in power armour, he couldn't exactly be considered sexy at this point. The trek was long and it was arduous. But finally, not only did they crest the mountains, but they were able to use that crest to travel along it for a while, which took them all further away from Flagstaff, which according to Gregory, was the primary capital and centre of the Legion activity in the area. From the height they were at, they had a good view down all around them and while most of the world was dark these days, they were still able to identify and spot settlements at a great distance from their elevated position. It helped them to plot their descent down. They would be heading down in the general direction of Salt Lake City. According to Gregory, the whole area was still deep in Legion territory. He said that when they finally reached the ground, the only way to the city be either to locate and walk the old road, known as the I-80, or head up into New Canaan. And neither did they sound enthusiastic about either option. But ironically, their best bet was to head up through what was once Utah. Once off the mountains, the group moved down the valley on the far side. The terrain began to open up again, leaving them with a feeling of being somewhat exposed. We need to be careful if we're going to use the I-80. It's infested with breed groups. I mean, granted, they aren't exactly likely to attack a pair of claws, an assault drawn, and a guy in power armor, or at least the smart ones aren't, but raiders and smart don't exactly go hand in hand, you know? Plus, these groups get quite a kickback from the Legion for capturing them new slaves from the poor travellers and caravans forced to use this route, Gregory warned. Then gently put a huge clawed hand on the slender human's back and ran it up until it rested on his shoulder, which he gently shook. "'Don't you worry, Greg. We'll look after you. "'Trust me when I say this group knows how to fight. "'Any reader stupid enough to try and make it, take us on won't last very long,' he said reassuringly. "'And Gregory looked up at him and smiled softly. "'I hope you're right, Ven. I really do,' he said, and Ven shot him a huge grin. Of "'Course I'm right. Don't you worry. If anyone takes a shot at you, "'I'll show them exactly what a couple of hundred pounds of scaled muscle and claws can really do.' he said, flexing his arms like a bodybuilder to show off his rather impressive muscles. Seven saw Visa looking down at her own muscled arms and then flexing it slightly to see if he had the same effect and he couldn't help but smile. He stepped up to her side and placed his hand on her bicep making her jump out of her scales and she'd had no idea he was watching her. Seven, I was... uh," She began in a surprised dammer and Seven simply stroked her arm with his metal-gloved hand. Don't worry, Sugartail. I know exactly what you were doing, and trust me. More than enough for me. Only a fool wouldn't see how strong you are, and I ain't no fool. At least I don't think so anyway, he said. Visa's first scaly face cracked into a huge smile. Nope, you ain't no fool, my human. You're gonna stop me peeling that tin can off you just as soon as we find a place to rest, though. A girl like me needs her sweet canned treats, you know, she said playfully, and Seven laughed and shook his head before they turned and continued on their way. As they walked, in a staggered loose line to prevent any ambush being able to hit them all at once along the dusty plain, heading towards what looked like a large forest in the distance, Wisp sidled up to Seven. I saw the pair of you earlier. In the cave, I mean, she said, and Seven glanced at her. So what exactly, he asked slightly nervously. Wisp glanced around herself to see if anyone was close enough to hear her. They were clear. Making love with Visa, she said in a low voice. Oh, sorry, I, er, we... Seven began as a hot shot of embarrassment and mortification shot up from his heart to light up his cheeks and face below his helmet. Oh, you have nothing to either apologise about. Nothing at all. In fact, I think it's wonderful how you can't keep your hands off one another. It's good to see that love can still bloom in this world. Either between the most different of people. Hell, species, I guess. I um, just wanted to ask you something, she said, sounding both bashful and, if he was honest, scared. Ask me what, he asked suspiciously. What's it feel like? You know, sex, I mean, she said softly. Seven got another shot of heat to his face. "'Oh, well, I, um, uh, it's kind of hard to describe, Wisp,' he stammered softly, desperately searching for the right words in his mind, though all the ones that came to mind really didn't seem to adequately fit how incredible the female Death Glow made him feel, both emotionally or physically. "'Try, please, I need to know, Seven. It kind of hit me like this, might not ever be able to get to understand it or ever feel it myself.' She said, sounding incredibly sad. Seven sighed. All right, Wisp, you win. Well, for one, it is really hard to describe. It's like all of your emotions go haywire. Like nothing makes sense and everything makes sense all at once. Visa's very dominant, but she's never forceful. Or a bully, or overbearing in any way. She just loves being in control of things. I suppose that comes from her being what she is. And I freely admit I love who and what she is. I don't know why or even how, but I do. It's like she speaks not to me, but to my heart. It's like I instinctively know that I'm safe around her in a way that I'm not with anyone else. So that feeling disarms me, takes down my guard, my defences, lets her get close to me in a way she shouldn't totally be able to, but does. let her just claim what I offer to her freely. Now I know it makes it sound like she's taking advantage of me and I want you to understand she's not. She gives everything to me and then some. Try to imagine this. Imagine the most sensitive part of your body, the thing made entirely out of super sensitive nerves pushed into something that makes it feel like it's made of hot liquid silk and molten latex all at the same time. Imagine those pure sensations. Now imagine the one you are with giving you that as much as you can bear over and over and over again, until you simply can't stand it. She bathed me in pleasure the way the likes of which you never knew possible, and I tried my damnedest to do the same for her, Seven said. Wisp looked thoughtful, and then nodded a metallic head. I think I understand. It kind of fits what I saw earlier. For a moment I thought she was going to crush you, but then when I realised what she was doing to you, I... I simply couldn't look away. The look on her face was one of a woman who no longer understood what was going on. She looked like her understanding of the world had simply ceased to exist. Then, right at the end, when I saw her bite right through her pillow, I realised what you'd done to her, and kind of made me realise just the way your relationship is. You were giving her everything that she was giving you. It was just her size and, well, her look that made me think she was simply taking what she wanted. Seeing that made me realise she wasn't taking, not really, she was receiving. And you were both giving, she said, and Seven nodded enthusiastically. Exactly. We both give so that the other may receive, because that is our purest joy, in knowing that the pleasure we give to the one we love, he said. That's beautiful, Seven. It really is. God, I hope you never lose that soul of yours. The world needs more exactly like it, Wisp said softly. Suddenly, a whisper sounded like it was in his head and carried on the wind all at once, carried a voice. I see you, it said, and Seven felt a cold shiver run right down his spine. That, ladies and gentlemen, was chapter 11. I do hope you've enjoyed this little trip. I wonder who it is that's watching Seven and his gang. Well, there's only one way to find out. And that's to tune in next time for more stroll through the world of Fallout with me, your host, Ghost Nobody. So, until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you next time.